you can't use your traditional antivirus to try to pick up on this attack. You have to use the safety scanner. That is super important. If you're just running a virus scan with your antivirus software, it'll come back clean and it's a complete waste of time. So don't do it. Please, please, please. Mobile workforces, cloud applications, and digitalization are changing every aspect of the modern enterprise. And with radical transformation come new business risks. Welcome to Hybrid Identity Protection, the premier podcast for cybersecurity pros charged with defending hybrid identity environments. Presented by Semperis, the pioneers of identity-driven cyber resilience for the hybrid enterprise. And now, here's your host, 15-time Microsoft MVP and Active Directory security expert, Sean Duby. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HIP podcast. The attacks on Microsoft Exchange servers around the world by a Chinese state-sponsored threat group, Kristen Hafnium, is believed to have affected over 21,000 organizations. In recent days, it's gotten worse as the four zero-day vulnerabilities exploited are being picked up by other threat actors. My guest today is Alan Sagano. Alan is president of ADS Consulting Group and ADS Cloud. ADS Consulting specializes in virtualization, IT infrastructure, cloud, PCI compliance, system reviews, and troubleshooting. For smaller clients, they act as the company's IT department. For larger clients, they perform special projects and project management. Welcome, Alan. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, Sean. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to have the opportunity, and I've been wanting to do this for a long time to have a chat with you, Alan, and I go way back to the way, Windows, way back. <laughs> <laughs> the Windows IT Pro days, he swooped in. Uh, I was doing a an all day seminar on virtualization on sort of a uh, back when back when Hyper V was new, uh, Hyper V versus VMware, and we lost our VMware expert at the last minute. And Alan graciously stepped in. And we worked up uh, an outline. I remember sitting in the hotel room in the Bellagio, scraping together an outline and then went down and delivered it. And I can't speak to myself, but you hit a home run. You had all sorts of practical on the ground experience that was just super, super valuable. So, Yeah, that actually worked out well, considering we didn't have a lot of time to prepare. So yeah, it was good. (laughs) (laughs) So as a support organization for many small to mid-sized companies, You've had to be intimately involved in all of this hafnium stuff, the patching for it and mitigation around it and all that. So can maybe we start by describing what the hafnium attacks are all about? Yeah, so the, the hafnium attacks basically, as you mentioned before, took advantage of, of four zero-day vulnerabilities. So as far as we can tell, it's largely a automated attack where it'll look for any exchange server that's not patched and then drop in a web shell. When we first looked at it, we're like, oh, this is bad. It's all, it's different levels of bad. So we patched our server first. And as you know, with Microsoft patches, it's always a good idea to test them first to see if they're going to blow up anything. And we got ours on the day, I think it was uh, March 1st or early March 2nd. And then we let it stew for a day or two and it looked pretty stable. So then we installed them on our client servers by uh, right around the 5th, 4th and 5th of March. Can I ask a question about this too, the way this attack goes? So they're they're looking at Outlook Web Access, is that correct? The externally facing version? Yes, they're looking for any OWA access and that is the basically the, the initial access they're getting 
four, uh, the four zero day vulnerabilities. Okay. So that gives them the ability to remotely just do searches for exchange servers that are exposed to the internet. Yeah. I mean, you could literally just see if anything responds on, you know, server name slash OA. And if it does, okay. Release the hounds, so to speak. We actually ended up having two clients that actually got compromised. One of them got compromised on March 1st. And the second one got mar compromised on March 2nd. Now, I mentioned that we didn't patch our clients to like the 4th or the 5th. So they were already infected by the time we applied the patches to their servers. So they were basically that ship had sailed, unfortunately. Right. Um, so that turns it into incident response then. There is a place you can check for an, it drops in an ASPX file. And the place we were initially looking is in the, the INET pub backslash WW root backslash ASP net underscore client backslash system web. And then you look for an eight character file that doesn't look like it should be there hmm. uh, with an ASPX extension. Now we did actually pick up on one of the clients immediately. And then, you know, we jumped into incident response. We did have one client that we actually missed because they were infected with a different variant, which dropped the ASPX file in a different folder, which we weren't checking for. So once that ASPX file is there, it doesn't matter if you've patched the server. You're, they're already in. Correct. Because the web shell is already installed. That is indicator of compromise or IOC. So... Um, you know, there, Microsoft since then has released a bunch of PowerShell scripts that you can run to check uh, you know, all these different folders for the IOC. Based on what our experience is with, uh, you know, we had client two different clients get hit with two different variants of Hafnium. So we're like, you know what, we're done. So uh, what I suggest doing is just download the Microsoft Safety Scanner. And Sean, you're going to be able to post a link right on the podcast of the link to the safety scanner from Microsoft. Sure. But I mean, anyone that, you know, has their Googling skills up there, I suppose, since this is Microsoft, it's their binging skills. You can search for it, search in docs.microsoft.com and do a, do a search for a safety scanner. And that'll probably hit it as well. So although you could run the PowerShell script and it, it probably would, again, it's only going to look for folders that it knows about. And because of that, and there could be new variants, right? If I'm a hacker and I'm worth my salt and like, screw it, I'll just drop it in a different folder that they're not, the, the PowerShell scripts aren't looking for. So because of that reason, we recommend downloading the safety scanner and running a full scan against your exchange server. In other words, just go straight to the source and see if, you, if it picks up on anything scary. So on this, the second one that got compromised, the one we didn't catch on, on the client immediately, it picked up. Mimi cats and it picked up and I was like, okay, that's bad, right? Obviously. Mm. <laughs> and it picked up another and a back door as well. So um, the other the other note on the safety scanner is when you run it during the actual run, it may pick up or identify quote unquote infected files, but don't freak out too much because it may just be a portion of a file that ha matches a pattern they're looking for, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have infected files. You pretty much have to wait until the scanner scan is being is complete and then look at the results after the scan is complete. So if you during the scan, if it picks up on infected files, don't freak out or try not to freak out and, and start, you know, throwing out message. Oh my God, we're, we're screwed, blah, blah, blah. Just Wait till the scanner finishes. That's 
Um, the unfortunate thing is depending on the size of your exchange server, that could take a while. We've seen this, the full in-depth scan take uh, up to like 90 minutes, two hours maybe. And that's mm. with pretty fast, that's with flash storage. Um, I guess the other thing too is that although we would want you to jump on this immediately, uh, especially if you haven't patched, if you haven't patched by now, just assume you've been compromised. I think that's probably the safest thing to do. Mm. But um, it is pretty evasive in terms of hitting your exchange server because it, um, so you, if you run it during business hours, you're going to get a bunch of complaints that mail's not responding or you're going to get timeouts. So just be aware of that. The safety uh, scanner, right? Yeah, with the safety scanner. Although at this point, I would say, you know what? Too bad. So sad. <laughs> Maybe send an email or an, a general announcement and say mail's just which, down. Which is more important, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, we're trying to, you know, <laughs> we're trying to cut off the... Uh, infection before it kills the entire body, so to speak. So it, right. I don't think you should wait. So you ran and then you discovered the indicators of compromise in there and you just basically went through and methodically and cleaned them out bits and pieces or how? The good thing about the safety scanner is if it finds anything, it just grenades. It doesn't even ask you. It says, yeah, we found scariness and we deleted it just to let you know. Really? Um, okay. That, that being said, I, it may require a reboot. And what we recommend is that if you if you uh, run into the, uh, if you run into anything that it finds, let it clean it up, do a reboot, and then run it again, a full scan again, and make sure you scan clean a second time, right? Just because that's always considered best practice when you have a virus, mm -hmm. just to make sure you don't have any remnants of something that, that the scanner missed. This is obviously uh, affecting on-premises Microsoft Exchange servers but it does not affect uh, Exchange Online. Is that correct? This is pure speculation, but it's no secret that Office 365 and on-prem Exchange, the versions are, although they are slightly different, they are mostly similar. So, and again, I don't have any proof to this. It's just a gut, what my gut is telling me is that I have a feeling that Microsoft knew about the zero day, patched 365, and then announced the zero days. Um, and the other thing that when I was talking with another, uh, another MSP owner that we do a lot of work with and he said, yeah, you know, it was weird, you know, um, maybe about, I noticed a couple of weeks prior to March 1st that 365 down were, was down for an extended length of time. And I don't know if they were patching then or not. And again, that's just pure speculation. I don't have any proof, but that's what my gut is telling me is that 365 may have had the same compromise. Um, and they patched it before they released it to the public. And I have no proof of that. That's just Alan, just conjecturing. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Um, and so you also mentioned that there are a couple of blogs uh, that have, that go into this in detail and, and are, are good to keep up to date with what's going on. One is the TrueSec blog, T-R-U-E-S-E-C, and then another is the Huntress.com blog, H-U-N-T-R-E-S-S.com. Yeah, both of those are really good. I, I'd say they're both really valuable. The TrueSec has some information that I've only seen on that particular website. So the other, the other big takeaway here is keep reviewing them. Uh, because they are getting updated from time to time. So just don't think, you know, you read it and go, okay, I'm good. And then drop the mic and you're done. It's like, no, you got to 
keep going back to see if there's anything else that they discovered. Uh, but the other thing that we found is that if the web shell is dropped, then some what uh, and they get in a little bit deeper, uh, they may actually put in a scheduled task uh, that runs uh, VS Perfmon. That's Victor Sierra Perfmon, uh, and um, then it will also uh, open up possibly another backdoor with an Opera browser. So, in a, if you do find that uh, you run the security scanner, uh, Microsoft security scanner, a safety scanner, and you did they did find a web shell, you also want to check scheduled tasks. Just do uh, run, uh, open up a command prompt on the Exchange server and run schtasks.exe. So Sierra, Charlie Hotel, Tango, Alpha, Sierra, Kilo, Sierra.exe. And just make sure that you don't have any of those the scheduled tasks. Um, the biggest, the scariest one is one called test, although that one is usually just there temporarily. And the other one is under the backslash Microsoft backslash Windows backslash VS for Victor Sierra Perfmon. Make sure those are not scheduled because if they are, those run, I think, about every 45 minutes and they're just a, it's just another backdoor. So you want to make sure that's closed as well as uh, for the Opera browser, you can um, open up RegEdit and uh, look for a key under HKey local machine backslash system backslash current control set backslash service backslash cert SVC. That's Charlie Echo Romeo Tango Sierra Victor Charlie. And then look for an image path key that contains a path to an Opera browser. If you have that, then that's another potential backdoor um, that's been dropped on the server. So you want to make sure those are cleaned up as well. The safety scanner may pick those up and delete them. Uh, but I would, even if it says it's there, I would still double check it and make sure that those areas are clean as well. Is VS Perfmon, is that just the name of the malware or is that a legitimate program that they're using for illegitimate reasons? Um, I think it's a legit program. That's a good question. Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I believe mm -hmm. that that particular file sounds awfully familiar. I believe it might be a legit one, but it's... But it's still an indicator. Yeah, it's still an indicator, yeah. That is a Windows sign binary, so that's kind of scary. Mm, interesting. It creates a new process. I'm looking at uh, TrueSex blog now. The malicious codes creates a new VS Perfmon EXE in suspended mode and then decrypts uh, service hub underscore host underscore CLR doc config, which is a... PE32 executable injects it into the suspended process, overriding the whole context. So basically what it does is it uses a legit binary, suspends the process, injects code into that process, and then runs badness. Almost kind of like a buffer flow over vulnerability, except it's injecting the process directly into a legit a bi Windows binary. And then, but the effect is still the same, right? Being able to execute malicious code on the server. It's just a different way of doing it. Right. No, I was going to bring up a particularly icky etym etymological example of, uh, you know, a wasp taking over a body and then acting in the body, but that's really gross. So we won't go there. We'll just, <laughs> we'll stick with the much nicer buffer overflow. No, I kind of um, like your, your analogy better. It's more exciting. Okay. Well, <laughs> and, and way more memorable, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, there is, or if you want to take it like it's like the Matrix, right? And Mister Anderson, right? Right. Somebody oh, yeah, working to somebody bad. So, yeah. So that's not good.
it's not good. Um, so those are the things that um, you can do. And obviously you want to block uh, OWA access while you're doing this, just in case the hackers have eyes on, because if they realize what you're doing, they might be able to drop in another backdoor while you're trying to remediate stuff. So, Or some kind of an encryptor just because. The kind of the base 64 stuff, right, is a really a more common way of, of getting stuff through firewalls just because nobody's really looking for it. I'm not sure I understand what you mean when you say the base 64 stuff. So base 64, right, is just an encoded way of sending uh, a binary through. It's, it's almost, it's encoded in base 64 mm -hmm. and a lot of firewalls won't pick it up. And it's just another way of getting malicious code through a firewall. We first heard about it maybe a few years ago and it wasn't too commonly used. And now it's, <laughs> it's, it's becoming more of a common tactic, which is kind of scary. But yeah, you can look for base 60, do a Google on base 64 encoding, and um, it's kind of scary <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the other thing that we found is that this, the web shell stuff gets by every freaking single antivirus software known on the face of the earth. And I mean, all of them. Or let me put it a different way. We have not found one commercial antivirus that's been able to pick up on the, uh, the web shell stuff, which is scary. Is that unique it's, to the hafnium or is it, or is it all web shells that they don't pick up on? I mean, that's um, a broad statement. I, I mean, but you mean, yeah. You know. That's a good question. I, I think they have a hard time picking up on web shells in general, but in the context of this, for sure, that's why you want to use that safety scanner. Don't, because right. when, you know, I had one of my employees, I go, Hey, it looks like we, this server got compromised, blah, blah, blah. And I was following up with them. He goes, well, web root isn't picking up on anything. And I'm like, yeah. That's because it won't. You can't use your traditional antivirus to try to pick up on this attack. You have to use the safety scanner. That is super important. If you're just running a virus scan with your antivirus software, it'll come back clean and it's a complete waste of time. So don't do it. Please, please, please. So that's a great takeaway. Don't, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, don't rely on, on your antivirus scanner. Yeah, it's, it's a gigantic waste of time because you'll, and it'll give you a false sense of security, which is even scarier, right? If you haven't patched yet, assume you've been compromised. As a matter of fact, if you didn't patch by let's, geez, even if you did patch, you still need to check for the indicators of compromise because, you know, we had one client that got hit before the patch was even announced on the first and the other client that was hit the day the patch was released on the second. So even if you're super anal retentive about patching, you still need to run the safety scanner, please, please, please. A friend of mine recently became the CIO for the, this data company, and he'd been there two weeks before they were hit with this. And I, and I think they're still picking up. This is a bad one. This is a bad one. You know, anytime, right, Microsoft releases a patch that's out of the patch Tuesday uh, cycle, you know it's bad. This one is really, really bad just because of the breadth of how many servers got hit. Well, it's probable that, you know, in terms of Microsoft's history of popular software, uh, Exchange is right up there near the top. You know, being an Active Directory, I always think about Active Directory. But what I also tell people is when Active Directory grew in popularity, it's not because they decided they needed AD. It's because they wanted Exchange. And because it is so reliant upon AD, if your AD is screwed up, by definition, your exchange is screwed up. I and mean, there, there's, you can't decouple the two, right? 
the way we're, we're looking at exchange and you're looking at exchange and exchange compromises, any kind of a incursion into your network yes. seems inevitably to lead to Active Directory. Central, right? Yeah, they couldn't know when they were designing this thing yeah. 21 years ago. I mean, it still works really well, but they didn't, they designed it for open and accessibility and to advertise the availability of resources. We use the PowerShell command to dump all the users in Active Directory and check for any account creation that was done during the period of compromise just to be on the safe side. And I guess as a shameless plug, right, your your company, Sempers, could pick up on some scary stuff that's going on in Active Directory uh, for in terms of uh, purely forensics to figure out how deep this rabbit hole goes. So it's good to have those tools in place so that yeah, you know, you could very quickly go, oh my god, or meh, it's probably okay. We released a free Active Directory security scanning tool, sort of you can think of it almost like antivirus for Active Directory, called Purple Knight. And uh, Purple Knight is designed to scan Active Directory for indicators of exposure, fifty-nine different indicators of exposure or potentially indicators of compromise in seconds. And it's been very eye-opening when we've been on calls where some very sophisticated organizations have run Purple Night and returned with an F. Also, it has been used in anger to defend against attacks mm. on at least one organization that we know of to point out indicators of compromise real time that the, uh, the organizations can then turn around and try to block. For takeaways on this, would you say... I mean, clearly a takeaway for anyone that's listening is to get a hold of the Microsoft safety scanner. Look for the Opera uh, browser backdoor. I would poke your head in an actor directory either with Purple Knight or just run a script or better yet, get your product and see if there's any weirdness going on in Active directory. I, I think one of the other common misconceptions of people that aren't in the cybersecurity field is that they just assume that you know, your servers get instantly compromised, like the hacking fairy comes up and smacks you upside the head with their magic wand and you're you're done. But as you and I know, it's a process, right? It doesn't, well, unless your security completely sucks, it's usually a process. So, so you know, you, you, it, it doesn't happen overnight and they get in, they get a foothold here and then they do this and they do that, then they do that. So it's always really good to know how deep the rabbit hole goes and having those tools in place um, can really help you uh, figure out how deep the rabbit hole goes. So for this particular client, um, the other things, clients that we they compromised, the other thing we did is we reviewed, uh, we used our SIM to look at the syslogs to see if there was any traffic from uh, a list of bad IPs, you know, there was any OA traffic from these IPs. And uh, the, I think the, the kind of one of the saving graces, because yeah. this was mostly a scripted attack. Uh, the hackers haven't had a chance to circle back and start data mining the compromised servers. So you, if, you're, if you act quickly, you might be able to remove the web shell and any other back doors and the, the hackers might not have had a chance to get around to, uh, to um, doing anything really, really bad yet. So the really important thing here is you need to act like now. I mean, you know, hopefully you've already acted already and there's just a few other, oh, maybe I should check this, maybe I should check that. But if you haven't patched your server, you are crazy vulnerable and you really just need to 
do that immediately. It's really, really scary. You know, it's interesting. It's it's um, reminiscent of the solar winds attack in that we've talked to organizations that that were exposed by uh, the Orion software, but they never found any any of the indicators of incursion, which so, sort of implies that they were not they were far enough down the list of juicy targets that they never got to them. And so sort of what you're saying is that is an automated attack. It would insert these web shells. And then there was such a bounty of riches that they may not have come back to dig around. Don't assume that you're going to be safe. And as a matter of fact, it's funny you should mention that because we're working with a different vendor, um, Color Tokens. Their uh, angle is they do network virtualization, but it's basically a way of automating firewall rules to all your different servers. And they were they dropped that in, just like you were talking about Purple Knight. They dropped that in as a proof of concept. And they're like, oh, look, we have a solar winds attack going on actively right now. And they're like, holy crap, blah, 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 you know, shields up. So they were able to catch it. But, you know, this also also ties back to, which is why you need to have an incident response plan in place. You have to know what to do, when to do it, how to do it. You don't want to figure this out um, on the fly. Uh <laughs> I, I remember the Princess Bride, right? It's like, don't rush miracles because you get crappy miracles, right? So <laughs> you don't want to try to figure this out on the fly because <laughs> um, you're going to end up probably missing a lot, a lot of things, right? So you really kind of need to have your ducks in a row. Now, that's a really good point because most organizations, and maybe I'm broadly generalizing here, but this 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 attack is so broad that organizations that have never had to think about incident response suddenly are learning it on the fly. That's a bad place to be, right? Yeah, you don't want to have to try to figure this out when you're, you know, raise your hand. How many people do their best work when their hair is on fire, right? You probably don't do your best work under extreme levels of stress. All you want to do is panic. <laughs> Right. And I, and I, I, of course, I can't help but draw the parallels to forest recovery, which is the same sort of a thing. If you've never done a forest recovery and you've, you have to, that is not the time that you want to go look up the Microsoft document. Yeah. First, sit your hair on fire. Second, recover your forest. It's like, wait, my hair is on fire. <laughs> so, so I actually, having from, from previous really unpleasant incidents, you would, this would resonate with you. And then I, I think we'll, We'll wrap it up is I used to say, oh, these certification tests are all very well and good, but to make them more realistic, you should they should give you a headset and put it on and have a recording of a crisis bridge and everybody yelling at each other and pointing fingers while you try to answer the questions correctly. And that would more closely simulate real life. <laughs> That's actually, that would be a really good test, right? Yeah, it's not one that I'd want to be in, but it's a really good test. And the other thing we recommend also is just reset the passwords on every single account in Active Directory. Even if you don't have any IOCs in Active Directory, just do it just because it's a good idea. And right. right, you probably haven't done it in a long time anyway. And I don't even care if you have, in this case, we found that even multi-factor authentication didn't protect you because the scripted attack doesn't require authentication to anything. Now, multi-factor would still protect you from, you know, further areas of compromise. But in this particular case, even with MFA, you're still left kind of flying naked, which is not good. 
And then obviously after that's done, you can re-enable OWA and then monitor things like a hawk, right? Uh, for looking for bad actors or weird stuff. It may not be a terrible idea to even go in and run the safety scanner in another couple of weeks, uh, which we plan to do for all of our clients just because we're paranoid. But it is really, really important to have an incident response plan. We we feel that it should be part of your disaster recovery plan because a, a hack like this is, well, it's a disaster, right? Or at least it's a minor disaster or a major one, depending on how deep they get. So Right. Depending on the time. Yeah. Well, thank you, Alan. I, this has been super instructive, uh, I think. And, and, and I really appreciate your, you know, on the ground insight. And, and for those of us that have not had the joy of experiencing an attack like this, we get the vicarious information to, to see what it's all about and, and what happens and what, what to do about it and blogs to go look and we'll try to get those posted. But again, you know, we're talking about from the mic, do a search from the Microsoft.com site for the safety scanner, look for a safety scanner download and the blog.truesec.com and uh, www.huntress.com searching for uh, exchange and hafnium. So again, thank you very much, Alan. Thanks for your expertise. Great chatting with you. Great to have an excuse to get together and talk about technology and security. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Sean. It's great talking with you. Great. Again, if you haven't scanned your servers, if you haven't patched your servers, please do so now. Just assume that your machines have been compromised and act accordingly. As they like to say, assume breach. Thanks for joining us on the Hybrid Identity Protection Podcast with Sean Doobie. Be sure to subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. Visit hipconf.com, that's H-I-P-C-O-N-F.com to learn about upcoming events, view expert presentations, and take part in the conversation.